When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Superb goal by Hollow. Sheringham. The Bermatome. And the foul all the way. and welcome back to the last word on Spurs and we're going to hopefully be providing you with some therapy on the back of that galling defeat to Manchester United at Wembley on Sunday where of course we lost by a goal to nil. Now helping me get through the next hour, please have alongside me as always Jason McGovern. Yeah, not too bad. I don't need therapy, mate. I, you know, it wasn't exactly a shocking defeat yesterday to Doncaster Rovers where we never had a spot goal, was it? So... You know, let's get it in perspective. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight, mate. Lovely. Well, I think these shows, Jason, are always you know, a bit therapeutic and helping us, you know, take on the next hour. Delighted to have two returning guests to the last one on Spurs. First up, we've got the brilliant Troy from the charity of Kick It Out. Troy, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, Rick. Always a pleasure to be back on. I love the way that you throw me in after every defeat it's that we've ever had. It's not my fault, so, Troy. Listen, we uh, try and get you on for every big game. This is what happens. So maybe I'll start bringing you in for Rotherham oh, no. away in the cup next year. Just, just let everybody know that I was last on for the semi-final against Man U as well, yeah, so they can throw some tatters at me when I've finished, yeah? I'm so sorry, Troy. You do have <laughs> no, a great perspective, always. though. Always a pleasure to be on. Always oh, a pleasure to be kind. on. Now, joining us from, I want to say, I was about to say stateside, but he's overseas <laughs> and he's brilliant. <laughs> it's the wonderful Richard Cracknell, the host of the Football Legends Night. Rich, how are you keeping? 
Very, very well, thank you. I'm in the Atlantic, but not stateside, I'm afraid. A little bit further south, uh, joining you from the lovely island of Lanzarote. Oh. Hold on a minute, Rick. I was going to yeah. say that you're obviously paying him too much for his well, appearance <laughs> if he's stateside, that's for sure. Well, I was, yeah. I was trying to glam it up for him, Troy, a bit. I was oh. trying to glam it up. I was going to say, Rick, you've got Ian Gunn going to matches in a chauffeur, you've got Lee going to Florida, and you've now... Got, you've now got crackers joining us from Joe Lewis's yacht. I mean, you know, and I'm still stuck in my garden shed. If I am stateside, Trump and I've gone off, off the path with that wall. Oh. He's come. <laughs> listen, everyone's, everyone, seriously, if they listen to the beginning of this, everyone's going to be so happy, I tell you. They're, 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 or everyone will think, what's the problem? Yeah, they'll, they'll turn off now thinking, what's, what's this show about? We've got the wrong show. <laughs> Having said that, listen, about these overseas candidates, this is how this show has transformed people's lives. Come and join us. Here's the hotline below. But let's, <laughs> let's get straight into the game. I tell you what, Jace, I'm going to kick things off for you because... For as good as that second half performance was from Spurs against Man United, bearing in mind we also played during the week against Chelsea, do you think, Jace, you know, you can't afford to miss as many chances as we did in a big game like Man United and expect to win? I mean, our finishing simply had to be more ruthless than it did, despite the game's heroics on Sunday, didn't it? Yeah, you have to be You have to be uh, more ruthless in front of goal than that. I mean, let's be fair, if, if you'd have said to us we're going to be playing a, a, a returning back to full Man United side and we'll create... 11 clear-cut chances, you'd have you'd have gladly taken that at the start of the game, wouldn't you? And thought, well, if we create that many chances, we'll take we'll take three or four. And, you know, as I said after the game, whilst Kieran Trippier might have cost us the goal, he didn't cost us the game. A finish is what cost us the game. So, you know, before we all jump onto his back and, and blame him for everything under the sun. So, we just we just should have been better in front of goal. And, you know, the chances fell to the, the players that we'd have probably wanted them to go to, didn't we? Harry going through one-on-one, Delhi going through one-on-one. You expect, you'd expect at least one of them to score. So, very frustrating. Troy, many will maybe look at the fact that it's one costly mistake and the difference of two keepers, some may also say, but... That was a ridiculously good performance from David De Gea overall. I mean, I don't think we deserve to lose, but it's a huge three points dropped, isn't it, Troy, at the weekend? Yeah, I think, you know, the the defeat sends a message out or the win, you know, whatever way you want to look at it, sends a message out. I mean, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon that United are back as such, but to be fair, the first half was the thing for me and, and they'd obviously done their homework and... If Man United were ever going to score a goal yesterday, it was going to come exactly how it did. You know, in between the full-back and the centre-backs, the full-backs are up high. How many times have we seen that before? And not that we didn't pay them the respect they deserve, but I think we left ourselves wide open. And I would have, the changes that were made at half-time, I would like to have seen them made in-game because I think United played the perfect first 45 minutes in the way that they exposed the centre-halves, the way they exposed the full-backs, you know, how they utilised Martial and Rashford um, and then had Lingard as that support when they needed him, but also the high press, so the middle nine when they needed him. Um, and that's for me, yes, second half was, was one-way traffic. They actually played like a Mourinho Man United in the second half. You know, sat back, defended the box, you know, didn't allow spaces in between. But, you know, we created the chances we did. And, you know, on another day, like everyone has said, we'd probably be 4-5-0, 4-5-1. Um, and everyone, we'd be very, very happy on the pod tonight. 
Crackers Spurs somehow failed to score despite a host of chances. I mean, they just couldn't match Rashford's clinical finishing in that first half. It's a painful defeat, but is a silver line that Solskjaer looks to be getting closer to this job. Yeah, yeah, there, there is there is that way of looking at it. Um, with regards to their goal, I mean, so many people gave Trippier absolute powers for giving the ball away, and of course he did. But let's not forget like the absolute world class pass from Pogba to find. Rashford as well and that's what man you have got in their artillery as a player that can do that so yes he gave the ball away but there was that pass as well so you know you can you can blame Trippier he gave it away in quite a you know it wasn't looking like a dangerous area uh, and then Pogba pulls that out of the bag and um, you know that, that that is what he's capable of so you know you do have to you do have to remember that as well um we had we had more than enough chances to not only equalise but to go in front. And like I said on social media yesterday, I think a few of those shots that we we had, we we looked a bit tired from it. But we have had a lot of, a lot of games and we've got a lot of injuries. So I don't know. We we just we look like a tired team at at the moment. Um, well, I don't. I don't even think it's squad depth. I think we've just football is just a game where you get a few unlucky injuries. Um, you know, with um, um, going to China today. Sorry, my brain's going. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Dembele going to China. Um, then you, the rest of the injuries in the midfield as well. It's just unlucky. Just just unlucky. Like to have those sorts of injuries and unlucky in the game yesterday. That's it's football. Sometimes it just happens. There's no like he got that wrong, he got this wrong, he got that wrong. It's a random game sometimes and these things happen. They they just happen. You just have to take them on the chin and go again. But you don't look at games individually. Don't be we're winning the league one week and like we're gonna get relegated the next. You have to be a little bit more realistic and a little bit looking at a bigger picture and a longer picture. Mm. Jace, I'm gonna throw it back around yourself because as we mentioned there, twenty one shots in the game, fourteen in the second half, eleven of those shots on target, thwarted by the out world lead De Gea, you gotta say on the day. I mean, I asked you at the start, I mean, do we praise De Gea for some wonderful saves there or do you think overall finishing it has to be much more ruthless in these big games. A little bit of both. I mean, you know, Toby's near post header, for instance. I don't know if you could really hold that against Toby for not putting that one away. That was right down by the foot of the post. And he, he stretches a foot out, makes a great save. The the late one that, that Harry hit when when it was kind of on the on the near side of him. He, De Gea looked like he was going to go the other way, stuck a leg out. So, you know, there was a couple of chances where you have to praise him. There was a couple of chances. I thought Delhi certainly... Delhi certainly should have done a lot better with his chance. But, you know, it, it's strange, isn't it? We we hardly had a single chance against Chelsea and we beat 1-0 and, and didn't play particularly well. And then we play like, certainly in that second half, create chance after chance and, and we end up losing the game. It, that is it. We've always said it, it, sometimes it is really fine margins. Mm. I mean, four home lead defeats now for Spurs this season, the most since 2014, the 15 season. I think we've got to get out of Wembley as soon as possible, haven't we? We can't wait to get into that new stadium. And Troy, just want to ask you, the most concerning aspect of that game to go with the result are those injuries now to both Harry Kane and Muta Sissoko, two of the most important, <coughs> and you would say probably first names on the team sheet, the way this Spurs team have been performing. 
yeah, you know, the three points, losing the three points is bad enough. Not gaining a point is difficult as well. When you think of how much energy that the team put into that second half and how much they they show that, that you know, they wanted to win, they were on top. And, and Jace is right, you know, it's all about fine margins. But to then, you know, the impact of Sissoko coming off was obviously United exposed them straight away and, and put the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, it was 1-0 and it's the only goal of the game. But I think both injuries are really worrying just because you looked on the bench again on Saturday and you thought, where, where were the game changers? Where were the people that were going to make a, a difference and can probably, you know, bring us back into the game? So, and then you, you, you know, you add Harry's injury to that or whatever it may be at the moment. And you just think, well, OK, now people have really got to step up. I don't agree with this clamour for the transfer market again because of January, you know, it, it, it's like we've all said tonight, one minute, you know, we're world beaters, we're different class, you know, we can beat anybody, bring it all on. You know, I thought our performance against Chelsea was very, very workmanlike. Um, we weren't great, but there was a desire not to lose that game. And, and you know, that desire, you know, took us through with, to the victory. But, you know, not everything is about, you know, bringing a new player in. Yes, it, it looks good sometimes, but... How often have we said so far this season that having the same players, a settled squad and all that has, has served us well? So, you know, it's just something where the squad has now got to really pull together. Song, obviously, adding him to, mm. to the list as well as, as players missing. You know, it's it's not great, but play, we've got to step up to the mark now. This is This is the important stage of the season. It's the stage of the season where... You know, you either stand up and be counted or you drop right out of the picture. So, you know, I think it's time for, for us to stand up and be counted. I totally agree with that. Listen, we've got so many questions to get through as well, guys. Over 60 questions this week. So we're going to try and throw them in throughout the night. But I want to come round to you, Crackers, just to obviously mention about the Harry Kane injury. So as we understand things, just a reminder, we're recording here on a Monday night. So bear in mind, obviously, when you're listening to the show, this might be outdated news. But as far as we understand it, Kane is going to undergo a scan in the next few days to assess the extent of the damage that left him writhing in pain on the pitch after the final whistle against Man United. There's been loads of rumours out there about his potential ankle ligament damage. We're going to have to wait and see. But what we do understand for the moment is that the swelling of the injury is too much where a scan at the moment, it, it just can't be done. But Crackers, you know, Spurs have won nine out of their last ten games without Harry Kane. And like Troy mentioned there, you know, that's also been mainly due to the fact Sonny has been stepping up and scoring. We're now losing him to South Korea for the Asian Cup. Can we rely on the likes of Mora and Lamella and Ali to step up during the absence of these crucial players? Uh, not if if we can. We're just gonna we're gonna have to. We've got Anka Dan, get on with it and and see where it takes us. But but losing Son to the uh, to the Asia Games and then if we do lose Kane is a massive massive blow it, there's no no escaping it but no team in that league no not a city or a liverpool anyone even a madrid anyone could lose their two main strikers like that and not be affected it's just uh, it's just horrible horrible timing um Let's let's have a picture of Kane's uh, ankle in the sun, but we can all put our hand on like Yuri <laughs> and just just hope it, it's fine. But I tell you this: if he if he can play, he will play mm. Kane. It's as simple as that. He won't be somebody that's going. Oh no, I'm I'm not sure. He he just he seems the type of lad that even if it's strapped up, he'll he'll be out there. And uh, yeah, others are just going to have to take their chance and and give it and give it a go. And what will be will be. 
Yeah, spot on. I have to agree with that. Jay, so we had a load of questions in, so I think it's only right we go through a few of them. This is from Reggie Moore. I think you've answered this question partly, but you can feel free to expand. He says, are you happy with the performance number one? So many saves from De Gea. Two of the 11 shots go in. We're having a completely different conversation. Team did well, even after Sissoko left injured. Agree with that? Yeah, I do. Like I say, the second half was, was better than the first half. But, you know, we had the ball in the net in the first half. And Winks, Winks had gone through in the first half. So it, it's not like we were completely toothless even in that. But, um, yeah, we did have enough chances to get something. I mean, the, the way to look at, at Kane and Son's absence is, you know, you, you always have to try and look on it as a positive side. And if, if I said to you, right, we're going to be without those two, you don't want to be without them for anything. But Fulham... Palace, Watford, Newcastle, Leicester as those fast the, the, the next five league games are a lot nicer than them missing the the run of Carling Cup finals and, and Dortmund and Arsenal and Chelsea and the second leg of Dortmund and things like that afterwards, isn't it? So, you know, and, and with the time that you've got in the window, if you at least it gives you a chance if you do want to dip into a market to do it. Whereas had it happened you know, in 10 days' time when the wind is shut, you would be completely stuffed then. So, you know, we, we've still got a chance to remedy it. Lorente is still there. Not ideal scenario for Lorente, but at least he's still at the club and there is still an option there. And the bloke's just scored that trick in his last game. Mm. I mean, there's still continuous links about Lorente potentially being a Barcelona target, return to Atletico Bilbao. But, Jase, you can't imagine we'd let him go with this situation at the moment. <laughs> no, I'd be astonished if we let him go without bringing somebody in. But... But like I say, you know, if he ends up staying, I mean, he, he came on and he still made a, made an impression, at least in the, the 10 minutes he came on for yesterday, didn't he? We still got a couple of chances off him. He still had a chance himself. And as I said, the bloke's got hat trick in his last game. So, you know, it's not like we're bringing on somebody who's completely bereft of any idea. Not ideal, don't get me wrong, but we're, we're not completely up the swanee. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, Ian Brazier sends in a question. He says, outplayed in the first half with little tactical response. The Sissoko injury threw us out of shape. I would have put on Skip as a more holding player. Loris could have done better with the goal. What do you make of that, Troy? Wow. You with that? Is that... What, does he want me, what, what does he want me to answer out of all that? Um, listen, I think Solskjaer got his tactics spot on. Um, he'd obviously done his homework against Spurs. May I just say... Um, I don't think we selected the correct back four. Uh, I felt that Danny Rose and Sa if we were going to play the way that we played and that, you know, everyone knows we play with the two full backs high. We continue to press them high. Mm. We expose our centre backs a little bit. You know, if there's going to be praise for Man United, you've got to praise the way that Solskjaer played Rashford and Martial and he played them right in between the centre-halves and the full-backs, didn't ask them to drop deep. Lingard was the one who was playing down the middle and then would drop deep if he had to. And ultimately, that's where the goal was come from. The goal was come from exposing, you know, a weak element of the team, uh, the weakest element of the team, and through a lad that's on form, putting the ball in the back of the net. I mean, could Lloris have done better? I think his start point was of someone who actually saw his team with the ball and then in a second, he had to think differently. And obviously, you know, Crackers has said Pogba's ball is world class, but it, it deserved the finish that it had. And by the time Larissa had then adjusted his position back, he was just slightly over to, to the wrong side too much. Um, I agree that the, I think that I think I said it earlier, the, the change of tactic from us should have come during the game, during the 45 minutes. We, we waited till half time. 
and then we sent the Alamo out to try and you know recover a situation. I felt that that situation should have, because let's be serious, the goal was 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 something that was waiting to happen because mm, right, yep. of how high Davis and Trippier were, and I just felt that it's something that we should have identified early doors. Pot should have identified early doors and made slight adjustments to make us you know not as weak in those areas as what we were. You think part of that problem was was throwing Yan straight back in. Yeah, I agree. I would have gone Sanchez and Danny Rose. I would have gone well, Sanchez. The only thing that, that's in my mind over Danny Rose is he came off limping against Chelsea, didn't he? Right, OK. Had that right, problem. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, was yeah. was he on the bench in one of these? Just well, for the sake if we of really had to bench, play him, yeah. we, we could play him. But in yeah, an ideal world, he's that. not fit. I understand that. But I think you're right. I think... I felt Sanchez would have been the better matchup against, you know, how United were playing because yep. he can recover better. I think he, I know this again, how can I be disrespectful towards Jan? But I think yep. at the moment, Sanchez, his gameplay is up to speed while Jan is not. And yep. you don't risk that against Marcus Rashford, Martial and Lingard. A month ago, you might have done. But all of a sudden now, these players are believing in themselves again. And, and hence why the ball ended up in the back of the net when it did. Yeah, because we also saw that first game Yan had back last time was at the Emirates, wasn't it? And that was his yeah, worst right. game he's had for, for donkey's yeah. years, wasn't it? You know, he's one of those players that needs to find his feet again. Yan's not the kind of player you bring straight back in and expect him to be the player that we all know he can be. So he needs almost a, you know, a, a tram mirror away because he yeah. can make mistakes. He can come back and he can, he can you know, it's fine then because ultimately we're going to dominate the game. But to come in against a United and... You know, I felt for him a little bit because when he saw that ball go over, he, he knew he weren't making it. And what he wanted to do was just be enough of a threat to make Rashford, I don't know, make his mind up slightly different to what he did. But Rashford was very single-minded and, and bam, it's 1-0. We've got a big full-back debate coming on. Crackers, let me bring you back in here. Now... Just to go back on the team, Vertonghen returned to the Spurs starting lineup as we mentioned. Sonny also started before he linked up with the South Korean squad. Rose, Sanchez, Foyf, Lamella, Skip and Lorente were among the options from the Spurs bench as Mora missed out due to injury. What's your take on what Troy's saying there, Crackers, just in terms of the, the way we conceded? There's so many questions just on the fullbacks, but do you think a fit Danny Rose, would you have started with Danny? And I say, would you have brought Sanchez? Back in the team as opposed yeah. to uh, bringing Jan in as yeah. we did. I agree completely. Uh, I think yeah, Sanchez is is well up to speed um, and with his physicality as well. Um, yeah, and like Troy said, Jan Jan doesn't hit the ground running, and he does need a, he does need a couple of games to build up and build into it. Uh, yeah, it would have been Sanchez for me, and always Rose. I mean, it, it must have been that Rose was injured and a, a real emergency if he had if he had to come on. But, but for me. Rose Rose starts every game. I I so I love him. Love him at the fullback position mm. now. Um, yeah, he's a real warrior, real workhorse, and he must he must have been carrying an injury. So I, I completely agree with Troy. The pair the pair of them I, w I would have had in definitely. Mm. I mean, it was such a poor goal crackers for Spurs to concede as Trippier played you know, an awful pass inside, which was intercepted by Pogba, which you mentioned. He picked out Rashford, who was already accelerating past Vertonghen and beat Lloris, who maybe some would say he could have gone down quicker. 
But just sticking with Trippier, because we'll go into it right now. We've got a load of questions in, and I think it's only right we filled some of them. So sticking with your crackers, this is from Mark Jarrett Thames, who says, I thought we played exceptionally well against Manchester United. And on another day, would have won easily. Their goal came from a mistake by Trippier, who gave away the ball, which he has done regularly this season. Is he good enough? Again, I'll, I'll refer the honourable gentleman to my first answer. Yes, <laughs> Trippier made a mistake, but he's made a mistake in the middle of the park. And I don't think people are really giving um, Pogba the respect that that pass deserved. It was it was it, literally the pass of the season. It kills me to say it because it was against us. But trying to take Spurs out off for a minute, he still had to make an absolutely world-class pass to pick Rashford out. And for me, that was a, it was a great finish from Rashford as well. As, as I say, it's killing me to say this, but it was. I think he got it inch perfect. Uh, Lloris, maybe, as Troy said, he could have been over a touch more. Maybe his his starting position, he had to sort of adjust and then find the ultimate position. And he did. He he got a hand to it, but there was just too much on the shot. And another half inch, inch to the right with that shot, Lloris gets more of a hand to it. He couldn't have placed that any better, Rashford. And Loris was maybe one or two feet out of a perfect position. But again, this is football. It's not an exact science. These things happen. Some days they just happen. And you can scream and shout about, he's done this wrong, he's done that wrong. It, it happens. It just, it just happens. Th- if think- we'd have got beaten yesterday uh, and, and we just played terribly then you could say, oh, that doesn't look good. But, you know, when you play like we did and just get beat, it happens. There's nothing, no more science to it than that. Troy, go for it. I agree with Crackers on that. I agree with Crackers on that point. And, and, you know, I think the fans that are starting to pick points out of various individuals within the team, uh, you know, that's showing one, a lack of respect to, to the opposition we played. Crackers is spot on. That is a world-class pass within an instant. A world-class pass to a player who at the moment is playing like he's world-class, and that's Rashford. And I don't believe he's world-class yet, but he's playing at the height of his game. His confidence is back, and he puts the ball in the back of the net. That's end of. You know, we can really sit here and, and really you know, decipher everything that we believe was wrong. And like I said, I think if Sanchez is playing, I'm not sure that happens. I think if our in-game management is better, Ben Davis is not as high up the pitch as what he was. And maybe Trippi is not even as high up at the pitch. But those things are, are hypothetical. That is a great goal. And, and we can sit here and, and take bones out of it as much as we like. It's a great goal. It's one that we'd like to score. Um, and, you know, we just have to respect that. You cool. can add to that as well, where people are saying Trippier's made a mistake. Well, with 11 shots on Man U's goal, um, some of those were not placed brilliantly, as we've, as we've said. Is that not also a mistake? It just seems forwards' mistakes are just, oh, he was unlucky there. Yeah, yeah. It was defenders' mistakes and goalkeepers' mistakes are like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's really done badly there. You question we their quality, don't they? They start to question their shot. quality. 
exactly. You know, you don't ask to get shot of Kane when he's presented with a chance he doesn't bury when you like most of the time he does. It's it's it's, it's an odd psychology with football. Forwards seem to get a lot more leeway and forgiveness than those at the back. That's for sure. You know, in risk taking football, every team's going to have a weakness and every team's going to have its strength. So. If you don't play Trippier and Davis as high up the pitch, it may well be that we're more secure. But then you're not able to press Man United up the pitch. You're not able to get after them as much. And people then start saying, why are Tottenham sitting so deep and why aren't they having a real go? It's, you know, it swings around about sometimes, isn't it? You, you can't get absolutely everything spot on all of the time. And Tottenham want to play on the front foot. All I would say about that, Jay, is that I'm looking at Trippier's positioning and I'm looking at Ben, ben Davis was really high up the pitch yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I'm talking, this is why I'm talking about the in-game management of knowing when to do the press, knowing when. So Ben Davis is not looking to press. Ben Davis is looking to get on the attack and we haven't secured the ball on the right-hand side yet. So, you know, in an instance, we lose it. In an instant, it, it's in and around our 18-yard box. And I saw the, the, the images from, from the other way, the opposite way, and saw Ben trying to track back, but he's got absolutely no chance. So, in, in a sense, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the press, and, and obviously that's the way we like to play, and that's how we get our joy from, is by pressing teams really high up. I just thought that that goal was coming, because of how many times they got in between the centre-half and the full-backs. And I felt that maybe we could have just adjusted ourselves a little bit to make sure that Man United were not as, as much as a threat as what they were at that period of time. And then, when he got them in at, when Poch got them in at half-time, he then obviously made the changes that he did to make us more of a threat on the front foot. So, for me, there was, uh, you know, we needed to prevent to move forward. But in trying to prevent, well, we didn't prevent and we conceded a goal for it. And then we went hell for leather in the second half. Troy, I hope you don't mind. We've got so many questions in. And again, it's on the fullback debate, like you've mentioned there about Ben Davis. And we've kind of spoken mm. about Trippier. But this one is in from SV at Sanjay Vigad7, who says, I'll avoid the obvious Trippier question, but Poch is a clever guy, right? Surely you can mm. see our fullbacks are our weakest link. So is it a case of him being stubborn and not wanting him to upgrade? Question mark. We haven't addressed this issue now for two years running. Is that how you see it? Wow. Wow. Mean? We're going back two years, are we? That's wow. a bit, is it a bit strong? I, mean, I, I think that's strong. You don't. Let's be serious. Are we mid-table or are we, you know, in Champions League spots in in the next round of the FA Cup in the semi-final of the? the carrier bag cup, whatever you want to call it, and, and, and still a very good competitive team. You know, I think sometimes we have to balance expectation here. One one of the expectations is I think everyone thinks that we can just go out and buy who we want. Um, so I'd ask people to name me the full backs that they want. Um, yes, you know, in terms of our, in, in that area, we have suffered through injuries and we, you know, it has been difficult. But in terms of the way we play, you know, a couple of weeks ago, no one was mentioning fullbacks because they were getting what they wanted from them and we were getting results. Now on the back of, you know, two home defeats, all of a sudden again, it's the fullbacks that come into focus. You know, so this United game was lost because they had a goalkeeper. Very rarely do we see goalkeepers have 10 out of 10s. I don't care how misplaced those shots were. It was more the fact that there was a constant barrage from us, a constant barrage. Some goalkeepers will save eight and let the ninth one in because you know what? They can't keep up with the intense pressure that's happening in and around their box. 
Kieran Trippier contributed to a number of those balls into the box mm. or to a, yeah. to a number of elements of the play that saw us so progressive in the second half. I mean, there's another fact is I felt we should have exploited the right side a little bit more in the first half. I, You know, many people talk about Luke Shaw as one of the answers to our problems, apparent problems at a fullback position. I don't see that because I felt that maybe we should have had Son over there more in the first half to get at Luke Shaw, who I don't think is a great defender. So it's all swings and roundabouts. But I think it's like we've all mentioned today. The minute you get a defeat and you get all the commentators and all the analysts and all the the people that analyse games out of the woodwork to look at weak areas, and they've identified the full-backs as weak areas. So I hope they're happy in terms of of what happened yesterday because apparently it was Trippier's fault why why the goal was conceded. Just going to say, Troy, your boy plays with, for me, one of the best full-backs I've seen for ages. You see him yeah. pretty much yeah. every single week, and without yeah. you know, with people trying to link two and two together, and you getting into trouble. Just what's yeah. your impression of him? Wan Bazaka, you're referring to there, James. Oh, just to be clear for listeners, fullback. Let me yep. tell you now, he's an absolute star. He's an absolute star. The way he has come in, um, and you know, one dealt with the situation defensively. So obviously, the Palace have a song that the wingers don't like him. This. This lad has got legs that come out of nowhere. You know, there's there's wingers who believe that they've beaten him, they've passed him, they're in or they're, they're attacking down the byline. And he, I don't know, he, his legs come from nowhere and recover a situation. He needs to learn a little bit more attacking-wise, but I watched him again on Saturday and he was the most progressive attacking player on the pitch yep. from a full-back situation. Yep. Listen, he's he's got elements that he needs to learn, but oh, as a young player moving forward, let me tell you now, how do I say this? Because there's there's Trent Arnold at Liverpool and there's whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He he is a top, top player who's only been exposed to this, you know, not even a season. He's not even done a full season yet. Um, he's just, a top, top player. He just looks like a fullback that can defend and attack. And there's there's precious few of them. Some are very good defensively and can't go yeah. forward. And some are great going you. forward and a liability backwards. I, he will be a special player in... Yep two years time when he learns other elements of the game but yep. the one thing I don't think he's never going to neglect is his defensive duty first and foremost and as a fullback that, that's where you've got to see players isn't it yep just to finish up on the fullbacks crackers I want to come back round to yourself Spurs down under as Spurs and under says our best fullbacks need a run of games it's that simple we can't keep rotating every second game other top teams don't rotate maybe every five games or so 100% the weak point in the team do you think that's fair, Crackers, just to finish up on this debate? Oh, it's, it, again, we don't want to rotate. We don't want to. We don't see these players training week in, week out. We don't know if they're carrying knocks. So it's, it may be a case of just having to manage the, these players to, to keep them playing all the way through a, a season. So, like yesterday, Rose, Rose would start. But Rose is probably still injured from the Chelsea game. He's given it all all in that. So, yeah, it's, it is nice to have settled players. But with games coming so thick and fast, then it's little wonder that we, that we do rotate. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tough one to balance. We don't see players in training. It's as simple as that. And we're left scratching our head. But, it's, it's, you know, you have to trust this manager. I mean, if, they're almost questioning the manager by, by, by asking that with, with respect 
fact. And really, uh, you know, so if you sort of questioning his wisdom, um, again, where, where do we go if, if Pochettino's rotating teams too much and we need to be more settled? What bring a manager in that, that does that? Well, who's that then? Because I, I don't, I don't know who that is. The injuries have come from probably a lack of rotation, which which smashes the myth of that question. Because Sissoko's injury is not just born from yesterday, by the way, just because he tried to make a powerful run down the line. Mm. It's come from maybe not being rotated more than enough. So I, I don't get what that question is about. You know, Kane's injury. You know. These, these crackers is right. These players are putting their bodies on the line, and 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 if it's got a crack, sorry for the pardon the pun, but something's got a crack sooner rather than later. And I think that's what's happened in both cases. Yes, Harry ankle went under him, but I'm telling you, it's a it's a it's a constant battle to to listen. The only thing I would have said, and I'm sorry to cut across this, is is maybe Tranmere that being twenty minutes. I don't think you need a Harry, and, and I get, and I fully understand what Poch was saying there. I think that's when Harry gets his break. That's when Tosoko gets his break. Because to be honest, it's not just the game; it's the training, the build-up, and everything. And I know Harry loves to play every minute of every game. Do you know what? Go away, take the misses away. Don't need you. We've got bigger fish to fry because this team can handle it. Mm-hmm. That for me is more than anything else, um, and that might be controversial to some. But for me, that's some way of managing managing the players and, and making sure that they have that period of time that they need off. I think you're spot on, Troy. I think it comes down to what you said in the show previously about the in-game management. You know, certain situations, do players need the minutes that they were given to Soko? As you know, played quite a lot of minutes over these last couple of weeks. Him and, as we know, Winks, over that Christmas New Year period, they've had so many games. And Jace, I mean, for, you know, Muta Soko, it just says it all, doesn't it, how important he's become to this Spurs team? Because within two minutes of him coming off the field, we end up conceding, and at the moment that leaves us with just the only midfield pairing at the moment of Winks and Skip as the fit players in that centre of the park at the moment. It's a real concern. Well, f- fingers crossed, you know, Eric Dyer returned to training, didn't he, last week, and was obviously too early for him uh, too early for him for the Man United game, but he's, we've now got a completely free week before Fulham, so hopefully... He builds up enough in that time to be able to at least come in for the, the Fulham game, and then we'll certainly need. You would certainly think we need him for that Chelsea game. So it's it's how much of the Fulham game do you give him before you you you're probably now forced to play in the 90 minutes at Chelsea. So if if Eric Dyer can get through 55, 60 minutes of Fulham, it will be handy. But yeah, it's a far from ideal scenario, and it's it's kind of what I've I've been saying all day, where where people are saying why are we selling Dembele. The reason we haven't been able to rotate is because he hasn't been fit, mm. and and why and you know if you keep continuously you know it can't be a surprise can it if we've got injury problems but you're maintaining completely chronic injured players like Dembele or Wanyama that just aren't playing so yeah. the backup players are having to do the work far more than you want them to which number one means there's a drop in quality and number two means you're putting their their fitnesses at risks. And so, you know, I said at the start of the summer, didn't it? It's time to move on, as sad as it is to move on from Moot. We all love Moussa Dembele as a footballer, but he's just not fit. And and as an example, I said to you, didn't I, of the last 118 games Moussa Dembele has played, he's completed 90 minutes just 22 times. Yeah, staggering. Jeez. That is staggering. It's, it's, it's staggering. And so, you know, even when Moussa's fit, 
he still comes off after 70 minutes. Mm. So you're, you're almost already, when you pick him in the starting lineup, saying, well, there's one of my substitutions I'm going to have yeah, to use yeah, up, yeah, which, which yeah. you don't particularly want to do. But 22 90-minute appearances from our last 118 games. It's, you know, you can't rely on a player like that, sadly. Mm. As good as he once was and as much as we'd love him to be there. Joe, we'll bring about Dembele now. I was going to save it to later in the show, but we'll talk about Dembele now because you brought it into focus, Jace. I mean, Troy, Dembele, wonderful player. We've only had him for 10 games this season. And that sounds mad. 10 games only out of this season. A, a reported fee of around 9 million that's going to take him off to China. Six months left on his contract. Do you think that deal, Troy, suits all parties? Spurs get a fee which they wouldn't end up with in six months' time. The bloke probably can't even pass a medical at the moment. And bear in mind, not in, not in a rude way, but, you know... The form he's going to have to try and find himself back into to get into the Premier League now. It would be so tricky for the sake of six months, wouldn't it? Well, I'm actually surprised that someone's signing him because I'd like to see that medical record because it can't be great. Can it um, be one, though, Troy? Can, can he pass well, a medical? exactly. I, I don't think he could, but I don't think out in China they care, to be honest. It's more about the name and they'll, they'll soon find out because if he keeps great, if those, you know, those stats that Jason's just told us, I mean, if he can't complete a game here, he can't complete a game anywhere. So... I think we're doing the right thing. I, I would love to have kept him for this period because mm. you think to yourself, hold on, we're a little bit decimated all over the place here. But again, like the guys have said, what Moussa Dembele are we getting? We're getting one that's not up to speed with the Premier League anyway. So actually, we're only naming, we, we're only naming one on the bench just, in, you know, just for that's the sake it. of naming him on the bench. So, listen, it's got to be a deal that's... Uh, listen, I think he's better than China. I think anyone going to China is better than China, to be totally <laughs> honest, but... He's going to China, you know, there's obviously a financial uh, thing for him there. He's the last knockings of his career because his body's letting him down. Uh, you know, let's shake hands and, and it is what it is because ultimately fans would only jump on his back if he came back and he, his body lets him down again within, I don't know, 60 minutes or a, or a half an hour of a game and then they'd get on his back anyway. So he's done a magnificent job for the football club. You know, he's highly respected wherever he goes. You know, nine mil, yeah, listen, we can't really demand. I think we've gone over the top, to be totally honest, because of, of what his injury record is. And That's all right, Daniel Levy, though, is it, Troy? Gone over the top, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm not saying anything against Daniel Levy, and you know that. So. I know you won't. I know you won't. <laughs> um, but no, I think, listen, it's a great deal for all parties involved. Um, and, you know, he goes with everyone's blessing because of what he's done at the football club. Just to also put into what people have to bear in mind is the China season is March to November. It doesn't run in calendar. So Chinese teams want players at the start of their yeah. season. They don't want to get them in August when the season's halfway through. So that's that's your first problem you've got. So if he doesn't move now and he can't move in the summer to China, you're talking about him going there next year. But by next year, he'll have been out of contract with any club for seven months. So they're probably not going to want him at that stage. So for me, I think you look at it from Dembele and you think, if he doesn't move to China now, which is if which is where he wants that payday from, he's probably that chance has then gone completely. Mm. And how likely is he, even if he stays at Tottenham, knowing that he's out of contracts in the summer, to go in for a big challenge and think one more knock on that ankle and my career is completely gone and there mm. is no big payday. Mm. So, you know, you have to bear that in mind as well. Mm. Crackers, I want to get your thoughts on Moussa Dembele. Who, let's be honest, he's been a fabulous servant to the football club. He had a great few games last season where he was just simply incredible. I'm thinking of, you know, the the Barcelona, the, Barcelona, the, the Real Madrid game, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool. There was that string of five or six games where literally teams could not get the ball off him. 
What's your thoughts on Moose departing from the club? You've just preempted me, actually. We're just talking about the 70 minutes you get from him. But man alive, what a 70 minutes they would be. And you mentioned in that Arsenal game and that runner, that runner games, and especially that Arsenal game, he absolutely bullied and ragged them around rotten in that game. He embarrassed them. It was just such a joy to watch. And when he was, when he was fit, and on his game, he was just just a sheer joy to watch. The ball just stuck to him. You just could not take the ball from him. Distribution, it was it was everything. It was it was complete. He was a lovely, lovely player to watch, and he was worth the entry money alone in some of those those games. And that little purple period there was just was spectacular. But you know, to it was a period. That's the thing. It was those five or six games and then it was it was gone again you know it was it's a real shame it is a real real shame that, that it was that it was like that but when he when he was on it and was fit man what a player what a player I absolutely loved him and uh, you know he, uh, for me he'll go down as one of those who was a real joy to watch at Spurs people often talk about Hoddle and Gascoigne and Klinsman um, listen he's never going to be remembered as a great legend but in some of those games he was well up there well well up well up there Scratch, I also want to ask you a question from Gwyn Grout, who says, just how much are we missing Eric Dyer? Hopefully this guy's going to return. You know, we've got a week now to try and see where he's at. Have we missed Eric Dyer for you, Crackers? Yes, uh, we miss, we'll miss him now. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. But we, we, really, we will really miss him. For me... I liked, I liked, or I liked Eric Dyer, but he seemed to get to a level and then levelled out. He hasn't pushed on for me. Um, whether that's injuries, I don't know. But maybe, my, maybe my own expectations. I was expecting a little bit more from Eric Dyer, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know if I'm being too hard there. But he's, he's certainly not filled my expectations. Perhaps if he gets back to full fitness... It will come, and there's a, you know, a little bit more. But for me, at the moment, I'm a, I'm a little bit 50-50 with Eric Dyer, if I'm honest. That's interesting. Jace, thoughts on that? Well, I, th I think you know my mine on Eric Dyer. I think part of Eric Dyer's problem in the last 18 months is that because of Dembele's mobility has gone, because there's been no Wanyama, because of when Winks has been there, he hasn't always had full mobility. When Sissoko's been there until this recent spell has been, has been shocking. So Eric Dyer's ended up doing the work of, if not just himself, but half of somebody else's job in there. And then in the end, that's taken away from his game. And when he's perhaps needed a few weeks out of the team, we haven't been able to do that because Wanyama's never fit. So you've pushed and you've pushed and you've pushed and you're, you've had to push him through a bad spell when when in an ideal world you'd have taken him out. But I think, I, I, I still believe in Eric Dyer that if you get the right person alongside him and, a and he forms a genuine midfield partnership like he had in the Leicester season with Dembele or like he then had with Wanyama, if you get that right person alongside him, so you say to Eric Dyer, focus on your game alone, you'll get the Eric Dyer we had two years ago back again. Mm. Interesting. Troy, you got any thoughts on that Eric Dyer for you? Uh, I, I agree with Crackers. I think his uh, game stalled for me, and, and I hear what 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 what's been said. It's um, what Jace has said. It 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I don't agree with Jay. I, you know, in a sense, I do, but I just think there's elements of his game that are not where it, where it used to be. And I, I've said, I think I've said it before on here because the only time you bring me on is when we when we play Man United. So <laughs> I think it's um, I think it's since the rumours of United and 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 the, the time when it was almost people were saying that he was going to go and his, his levels his levels ne- never got up. I, you know, I, I don't know. He's, he's a funny one because he's a lad that's got all the attributes again to be a a top top centre midfielder, you know, a breaker up of play, and then with the quality around, you know, a supplier of of a, of a killer pass, etc. But I don't know. We haven't seen it on a consistent basis, so I hope he comes back. And you know what? This little break is might be exactly what he needs again. And you know, you know what happens when people are injured? They always play their best games when they're injured, and then they come back. So I don't know. This could be the making of him. Is that he's, he's fully recovered? He, you know, hopefully he comes back as fit as a fiddle, and. Um, the added pressure of, of of helping the team kind of get back to where it was, knowing that you know, like you said, the likes of Winyama and Dembele are no longer there, so the onus is on someone like him as a senior central midfield player, as such. Mm. Um, if Sissoko's out for a period, to really take that on board, so um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see him come back and see how he's utilised when he is back. Talk about midfielders, Troy. We've got another question in here. This is from Lily Wyatt Al, who says, Our midfield is missing some zip. Safe passes are great when you're leading or it's a stalemate. We need a fast, decisive passer who has a tackle in him. Who is it? Harry Winks doesn't cut it, in my opinion. Now, I'm stunned by that, Troy, because I think Winks has wow. been one of the most progressive players at Spurs. When you look at, you know, the way he's coming through, I think Winks is going to be, you know, one of the key midfielders for Tottenham for hopefully generations to come. I admit, you know, he's young, you have to nurture him. Maybe he's not ready yet, you know, to figure, but I'm stunned, Troy, because I'm, especially on social media, and I think I said this to you again um, before we started the show, it seems that when it's a defeat, and because it happened now, you know, few and far between, some people just don't know how to control themselves to start, you know, picking out the likes of Harry Winks. I I find it incredible, Troy. I must admit, I'm a little bit stunned by that. I think you used the right words there. It needs to be. I don't think Winksy should be a consistent starter, but I can understand why he is. And when I say I don't believe he should be a consistent starter, I think you should have enough in your locker for Harry also to be someone who's taken out when needed and, and put back in, you know. But the thing again is because of the injury situation, you know, the lads never let the, the team down. So I'm quite surprised at that because, you know, he can he can play quite rightly. He can play. He's in there because of trust. He's in there because of his quality in and around. He's in there because he's unfazed as well. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter to him whether he's playing up against Rosinho or, or Kante or Conte, whatever they want to call him now, <laughs> um, or, you know, the, the Pogba. Or, he's not phased by it all. So I'm a little bit... Listen, we'd all like something a little bit better than what we believe that we have. And I always say, well, tell me who those players are mm. and we'll see if they are better. But, you know, to be critical of Harry Wings, I think is a really... is a, is a Well, I think being critical of the team totally is a little bit of a low blow, but we kind of understand it from the social media-based social media based people, don't we? Yeah, I mean, Troy, I, tell you what, I want to ask you a question. We're going to have Cracker's thoughts on it in a second. Just on Hugo Lloris, because we don't get a chance to have you on often and we haven't spoke to you yeah. really since the rise of Gazaniga's form. Now... I want to say this, Lloris twice come to the rescue in that game against Man United, a flying save to tick Pogba's poke shot on the run over yeah. the post, and then again, second half, he made a crucial save after a slightly deflected effort off Davis's block. Are you still of the opinion, Troy, for you, he deserves to be the club's number one? Ooh, what a question that is. Um, listen, 
a couple of years ago, I was saying between him and De Gea, I couldn't choose. I remember you, Troy, I remember um, you saying it on it. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then people gave me all these examples of how De Gea was better than Lloris and whatever. Mm. And to be fair, I had to say that over those years, De Gea was probably having more to do than Lloris. I agree we've not got the Hugo that, that we've had in the past. Um, but I still think he's more than he's more than just a goalkeeper, and I still think that he's got the the qualities to be in this Tottenham side. The fact that he is now being put under pressure should only be a good thing, to be honest. And maybe there comes a time when you you know you allow him to have the kind of rest that he needs as well. But I, I, I find it a bit dismissive of a goalkeeper that you know Spurs. We always look for goalkeepers. We always mm. look for faults in our goalkeepers yep. as well. And Lloris has been stand out for many, many years. And the good that now, the thing now that we have a very, very good backup should only be a positive, no? So, listen, there's people targeting him again after yesterday. But I still think that the guy, the guy is a very, very good goalkeeper. I think there may be a decision to make in the summer, if you want me to be totally honest. I right. think there may be a decision to make. But, you know... If, if he does stay, if he does leave, you know, he's a top-class goalkeeper and he's, he's in one of the top, I don't know, there's goalkeepers now, you know, but look at the money that they've played for goalkeepers, mm. Allisons and Edisons and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's on a par with those. I think the guy just proved yesterday that he's a cut above the rest of them. Crackers, let's get your thoughts on Hugo Lloris now, because obviously it's been a discussion on our show for so many weeks. Hugo makes some top saves. I think the criticism of him against Man United was his positioning for the goal. How did you see it? Crackers and also that battle between Gazzaniga is still unbeaten in the Spurs shirt. I think nine games now. Long term for you, who's your man? That is so tough. And Gazzaniga and Lloris are different types of goalkeeper. And I think you'll find that if some people got their wish and Lloris was bounced out of the first team and replaced by Gazzaniga then Gazaniga would make some saves Larice wouldn't and vice versa. So you'd probably find that there'd be goals conceded uh, under Gazaniga where people would be going, you know, Larice would have got to that. Larice is a, like that type of goalie that would have made that. And you're now getting like goals going in against Larice where people would go, I think Gazaniga would have saved that. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's where it lies in that they're two very very different goalkeepers, two both very good goalkeepers, but hey, pe- no team goes without conceding goals. Simple as that. And uh, I think that I think it just comes down to the fact they're very very di- they're different types of goalkeeper. So what you'll lose with one, you'll gain on the other and vice versa. Simple as that. But we are very blessed to have two very, very good goalkeepers. And Jace, I want to ask you, Graham Sunnis and Robbie Keane both believe Man United midfielder Paul Pogba should have been sent off against Spurs on Sunday. Sunnis said, I think it's a red card. There's no out to doubt in my mind that he knew exactly what he was doing. The referee knows nothing about football. Jace, on that incident, should he have gone for you, Pogba? I think when you got 15 replays and super slow-mos, he definitely should have gone. But, you know, Mike Dean gets a lot of flack, but he gets one view in it at real speed. And from his angle, it may not have... It just may not have looked the same as, as all the pictures and the super slow-mos we show to him. So, if you'd have had VAR, I know what Troy's views on VAR are, <laughs> but if you'd have had VAR, he may well have got sent off. But Mike Dean can only give the decision that he sees once at real speed from one angle. 
And he may just not have seen it as a sending off offence from that angle. But I'm sure if he'd have seen all the other angles, he would have sent him off. Troy, I can't believe you mentioned VAR, Jay. I can't believe you mentioned <laughs> VAR, seriously. Anyway, I'm ignoring that. Um, listen, and, and I'm going to be, oh, man, the player in me, and I used to be a player once in the blue moon, I tell you, you might a not bloody believe good it, one as well. A, I, I could do a little bit, that's for sure. Um, I know what he was trying to do. Um, I know what he was trying to do in a protection sense in terms of with Pogba, it's all about this little bit of skill and a little bit of flashiness. So the player in me knows what he was trying to do. The the other part of me says, even though he was trying to do it and he meant it in no malice, it was dangerous. And because it was dangerous, the referee then had to take a view on the dangerous nature of where his leg was. Um, and I felt that I, I felt that the ref, and I can't say let himself down because that's wrong, but I, I felt that he must have seen what had happened um, and felt that it it was probably how I'm feeling in the first instance, is that he's tried to do a little bit of skill, so protect the ball, a little bit of skill, drag it away and probably play a 30, 40 yard pass. But for me, the nature, so the nature of the way that he did it meant that it was dangerous and listen, whether it's a red or whether it's a yellow or whatever it may be, I think play had to be stopped and there needed to be a discussion. Um, I can see why people are calling for a red. I don't think that there's any malice in what he was trying to do, but it's the way that he caught him that made it that made it look as bad as what it, it's we saw. And I agree with Jay, second viewing, third viewing, fourth viewing. I agree with I agree with that. I'm going to go in on Mike Dean like Pogba went in on that challenge. <laughs> For me, suspending off every day of the week and twice on a Sunday. And if Mike, whether it meant it or not, it's it's so dangerous. It's just it's it's a it's a joke that he hasn't sent off for that in my book. And if Mike Dean's missed it, then Mike Dean shouldn't be refereeing. Simple as that. It was it was dangerous. I don't. Like I said I don't think he's meant it. But it was highly, highly dangerous, and he, he should see that. And if somebody like Graham Souness is saying that's a red card, well, remember Souness, that's a red card. If he's calling for it, then it is. And, and Mike Dean's ability to sit or not seeing that, then you have Mike Dean. So just to the danger of it alone, that's a straight red for me. Interesting. Like I say, that wasn't a great change in the game. Chase, quite incredibly, I was looking at the significant injuries this season. Now, just to put it into context, we've had injured Lloris Alderweireld, Vertonghen Sanchez, Rose Aurea, Wanyama, Dembele, Lamella, Eriksen, Deli, Lucas. Son's gone off to, obviously, as we know, national duty with South Korea. And now to Soko and Kane. I mean, we heard Klopp come out on Friday and say Spurs have been quite lucky this season in terms of injuries. What, what, what season's he been watching, Jace? Well, whoever knows what Klopp's on. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? The only thing that I will say with that is there's there's three or four of those players you mentioned where, let's be fair, like I alluded to earlier with their records, it's not exactly a surprise that they've been injured, is it? So, you know, we all have Danny Rose from two years ago, but he has injury problems. We all like Eric Lamella, but he has injury problems. Victor Wanyama's hardly kicked him over two years, and Moussa Dembele's let's be fair, spends a lot of time injured. So whilst, whilst we can sit here and complain about them, with if, you, if you're going to carry a 23-man squad of which four or five players are consistently injured, at some stage in the season, you're going to hit injury problems, mate. 
You are. And Troy, just give us your thoughts yeah. on those injuries because obviously San Andros at Crystal Palace, you know us yeah. in terms of training regimes. Is that quite staggering when I read the amount of players that have been injured there? Is that down to you know the training or is that just down to pure bad luck? How do you see it? Well, it's, it's, it's very hard to judge it, isn't it, without being in the environment day in and day out. Listen, the body is a, is a wonderful thing and how the body reacts to the demands of the game is even more so. You know, we know how Poch wants the team to play. We know that there's very little time to rest and, and it's and it's very, very demanding. Um, you know, part of it could be unlucky, but like I said, I think both injuries yesterday, Soko and Harry, are born from the intensity of how we play. And, and that's not just... And you can't judge that just on yesterday's game. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, Dembele's consistent amount of injuries and, and stuff they are born from the demands of how Potts wants this team to play and you, you buy into the philosophy and you buy into the philosophy and that's when this small you know this the small nature of our squad actually does come into play because I think then the wear and tear on the body has been proven by the amount of injuries that we've had some are footballing injuries they're unlucky injuries obviously you know you have to respect that but it you know Tottenham, you look at Liverpool, their intensity and the way they play, and you look at Man City as well. You know, I'm not saying I'm not going for either or about who many has got the most injuries, but it, it's it's significant that to me that those top teams have quite a lot of injuries that are of a muscular nature or of a you know weakness of a part of the body that that seems to be repetitively breaking down. Um, you know, but it, the games are different. The games are totally different beasts nowadays, and. and the demands on the body are different, and so injuries have to come into play a lot more. Yeah, and Troy, I want to ask your thoughts on a quite a sensitive subject. Now, we don't have you on that often, and don't blame me, it's always mm. after defeats, Troy. We try and get you on <laughs> for the big games. This is partly my fault, OK, I'll take the flack for it. But there no, was a... I'm only joking, Rick. <laughs> There's been an incident on the Sunday with Hummin Son. Now, Spurs are apparently yep. investigating on an mm. allegation of racism against winger Huminson by one of our own supporters, which is a massive mm. concern. And, you know, we know all the work you do for Kick It Out and, you know, you've been campaigning for so many years, you know, to want to see a difference in football to try and eradicate mm. racism from the game. When you see this particular article, and recently it's become more into the game, which is a real concern, because I think now we should be eradicating it. We shouldn't be hearing the stories that we're hearing. What's your thoughts on this, Troy, at the moment? I'm of I'm of a different view, uh, Ricky. Um, you're right. It, it, it's it's not creeping into our game. It's always been in our game. I think what happens now is that there's the other element. So, regardless of what people say, it is a minority. It's a minority of people who are are growing in force, but have a very loud voice. But the particular thing about yesterday is that this certain individual. You know, we use the word alleged because we have to almost because you know it needs to be proven. I, I hate the word alleged now mm. because it's used as a get-out clause. You know, the guy said, uh, you know, the report says the guy was racist. Um, he said he challenged him. He said in challenging him, you know, he, he was sworn out and whatever else. You know, that makes it unacceptable in our game. And what I want and what I'm glad to see is that more fans are calling this stuff out and more fans are are kind of, don't want this in our game no more. Good fans, the real people, the people that go to watch football, don't want to hear those things at our grounds. But we have this minority of people. And by the way, every club has them. 
you know, I, I keep hearing stuff on social media where someone says, well, I haven't heard it in 30 years. Well, obviously, you're not sitting in the section or by the person who is actually saying the stuff. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen at your football club. So it's something that the game, and when I say the game, I mean the governing bodies, I mean those responsible for our game, I mean those that watch our game, those that work in our game, we have to group together and be better at it. And the yeah. punishments need to be administered in a much stronger way to make it a real deterrent if you're going to spout that level of abuse out, you know, in our grounds. I always used to say we were, we were, we're better than Europe, but I think our educational process around it, but I'm starting to question even what I say now because I hear in far too many of these stories far too often at far too many grounds to think that this is just a drop in the, you know, this is just a drop in the ocean. So what actually happens out there? And it's something that we need to get a grip of very, very quickly. Spot on. Just want to get your thoughts on that, Troy, due to the nature of that, because we're getting so many. Now, Crackers, just to kind of finish up, this is the first time now since the end of August that we're going to have a clear week break between games. I think this is going to be very much needed for the lads, you know, to try and recover some of this fatigue. Hopefully we'll allow Eric Dyer to, you know, fully integrate with the squad and get a week training under his belt. Plus, Pochettino, maybe to get some work on the training ground. Is that how you see it as well, Crackers? This week off could do us the world of good? Yeah, I've... They, they, there's with any regime like this, rest is almost, uh, in fact, probably more important than the training as well. And it's knowing the rest has to come alongside training. So this week's break is is really really welcome. I just hope that the club haven't got any plans to start taking us here, there, and everywhere other than something that's of benefit to those players. Um, but yeah, it's it's a well well needed needed rest. They can come out to Lanzarote. I can thoroughly recommend it. That's like, they'll they'll love your internet connection tonight, crackers. It's been blinding. We've loved it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That little mouse is going some to make sure that you could be heard tonight, isn't he, really, on we're, that will, we're, yeah? We're still trying to work out what that vibrating thing is in the background. We'll let listeners cast their own thoughts on that, Crackers, but it's been a pleasure having you tonight. Such a great thing to get you back on the show, Crackers. Loved it. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me on. And can I just finish by saying uh, all more power to uh, Troy's elbow in what he does, what he's just spoken about with regards to... Uh, tackling the, the racism it's just like cut it out if you mm. go somewhere else you know just don't don't start bringing in a football there's no place for it anywhere Stop. you know but don't come to a football ground and start all that nonsense we don't want you decent people decent fans black white female male we don't want you at our games anymore go, go somewhere else please brilliant brilliant crackers. absolutely brilliant and troy honestly it's been such a pleasure having you the tonight we're at the background noises, the vibrating. We've loved it, Troy. <laughs> Listen, the noises are better than listening to crackers half the time. So I don't <laughs> uh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure again. I'll always say I'm really sorry to the listeners if there's a little bit of doom and gloom. But I hope, again, I think that we've shown the positive nature that it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. But, you know, next time, hopefully, I'll be on talking about a 4 5 nil victory that we, we have whenever I'm not around, basically. Troy, I promise you, Rotherham in the Cup, <laughs> FA Cup next season, I'm calling you. I promise you, Troy, you got my word. Brilliant, Ricky. Absolute pleasure, Ricky. No, absolute oh, pleasure. Thank you. Star. And you, Jace, for your polite no problem, mate. today, Jace. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just hope those players, if they do go and see Crackers, don't join that vibrating machine you've got there. But, uh, 
I'm a bit worried about the noise that, it, that accompanies the vibrating noises as well on crackers. It's, it's oh, not good. Dear. That's what the great thing about this show is. You end up laughing away. We've just had a defeat, but that's what the great thing of nature is. We had a bit of therapy, enjoyed it. Listen, guys, enjoy the show. A reminder, we're back on Love Sport this Thursday where Jason's in the process of, I think, doing a whole squad analysis. We're looking forward to that. Lee McQueen's back on the show as well. So make sure you tune in to Thursday on Love Sport. Give us a call on there. We'd love to hear from you. However, enjoy this one. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.